Digital Technopreneur Podcast, a place where entrepreneurs find their start into building a business in a digital and technologically driven world. I have spent the past decade building a management consulting firm and learning from some of the most brilliant individuals around the world. This podcast will guide you through the early stages of your entrepreneurial journey from the lens of each entrepreneur guest we have on the show. My name is Patrick Olawa, and I am joined with my co-host, NDO, and welcome to the Digital Technopreneur Podcast. Our special guest, what we're going to get into right now, he's going to be covering a lot of uh, financial things, a lot of newer age financial things that I think we should really cover, especially for our community and, and those around the industry and those, you know, pre- preconceptions that I think need to get answered. And that's what uh, our special guest is going to do. So without further ado, we have Nick Proudin, the, B, uh, the VP of product at Load. So my natural question for Nick is what is Load and what are you VP of exactly? Let the people know. Absolutely. Well, uh, first and foremost, let me say it's an absolute pleasure to be talking with both of you guys today. Um, uh, Load is a project uh, that is based around making gold and silver liquid again. Uh, What we do is we take these assets, which have been understood as fantastic stores of value for financial crisis, but also as money throughout most of the world's history, and we tokenize them and bring them to the modern world by putting them on a blockchain and turning them into what we like to call a stable coin. That, in a nutshell, is is really at the heart and soul of what we're about. Um, and I can I can dive into that a little bit more, but my role specifically within the project is is about how do we take this new technology that's on the bleeding edge and disrupting you know the entire financial sector, and how do we how do we make it easy and as convenient to use as what people are already using in their day to day life. Um, and, 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 you know, how do we bring that product to, to, from, from ideation into realization and mm-hmm. bring that to a mass audience? So, uh, that's probably as concisely as I've ever described my job, but, uh, <laughs> back, back over to you. That's, that's just scratching the surface. <laughs> oh my goodness. So you just scratched a whole lot of surface for me personally. I am going to dumb this down as much as I possibly can. Cause you mentioned some big words I'm not familiar with. And that's what I want those people, uh, that are listening to, to really understand. So what the heck's a blockchain exactly? And what does that have to do with what you do? Right. Uh, a blockchain is what we like to call a, a piece of distributed, uh, distributed ledger technology. It's a cryptographic ledger, right, uh, for, for documentation of transactions or other things, as we'll dive into later, that is uh, that it uses a consensus algorithm to verify the, that these transactions and that these actions are taking place. So basically... Uh, what this what this means and how most people have come to understand it is it, it removes the need for a third party like a, a trusted financial institution like a bank um, to to act as the middleman in the sending and receiving of money and that's the most commonly understood use case for a blockchain but uh, but distributed ledgers are applicable wherever. Uh, and a ledger is really valuable for an industry. So, for example, something like the real estate industry, where you need to record and uh, secure land title deeds or fractionalize ownership of an asset of a real estate asset or medical records. These are all industries that have a great deal to do with documentation and ledgers. And in these circumstances, that's when a blockchain is going to be most valuable. Mm, so, so what are different? Oh, go ahead, Patrick. Sorry. No, no. What, what I was just going to try to find out now. Now, blockchain being that it's it's. So I can I can look at this a little bit more clear. This is sort of a digital ledger. Is that yeah. okay? So how is that different? You know, when you look at a digital ledger, um, so it, it's it's just kind of taking away some of 
that physical components that we're generally used to. Like, you know, back in the day, people would, you know, as they're going through their checks and balances and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that different from kind of digital um, banking? Uh, and how, how is that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, presently, what happens um, with with existing ledgers is, for first of all, there's no consensus algorithm. What does that mean? What do I mean when I say that? What that means is that there are tens of thousands of computers in, in most circumstances, all verifying that these transactions are actually taking place. And uh, and and what makes this different is um, is versus a bank where you put your money into the bank and the bank essentially gives you an IOU and meanwhile lends the money that you've deposited with them out. Uh, you know, to to fund various ventures and in loans and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you have full autonomy of your cash. No one is spending your cash on your behalf without your consent. You have full ownership of that. And um, and the ledger, because it is immutable, because it doesn't need an institution like a bank, because you have all these computers verifying it. Um, you um, uh, it eliminates the need for that third party, and you can simply transact between two parties without the middleman. So my natural thought was that is it sounds like these ledgers are they're making accounts of the different transactions, correct? Correct. Yeah. So you know, there's there's so many you know there sounds like there's a lot of different ledgers, but what are the rules for each and every ledger per se? If there's no you know if that ledger you know that um that blockchain is your your third your third party so to speak, what are the mm-hmm. rules for let's say these different types of coins, these different types of what you're doing compared to what another coin is doing? What who makes yeah. those rules? Who makes those rules? Well, um, generally, it's the developers that that put the the protocols into into circulation. And there's a bunch of different ways to to do that. You can either build one from the ground up, in which case, you know, it's big blue sky, big blue ocean. You are you are and your network of developers are the ones uh, setting the parameters for this protocol. Or you can build the top of existing uh, blockchains, uh, which is what you see with with assets like Ethereum. Right. Those essentially act as operating systems. And they and and uh, people are able to act within the rules and guidelines that the Ethereum as a as a platform uh, can provide them, right? And that's why most projects today use Ethereum as as sort of their their go to uh, strategy for issuing a, an asset on a blockchain is because Ethereum's done a great job of making their ERC twenty token really easily acceptable. Um, so you know when it comes to what are the rules and parameters, it's really based on why what do you want this blockchain to do and and what needs to happen within that in order to, to make it work, right? Um, smart contracts allow for function beyond just simple send, receive, you know, um, and and um, and really, you know, it, it's, it's down to the corporation and their use case when it comes to, to what you can do, you know, versus something like Bitcoin, which is purely uh, send, receive. So, so some of them, some, some transaction are, just the way it sounds it's financial transactions and some of them can be used in other methods or other areas as well to be able to yeah. be leveraged in, in the, okay yeah so you, yeah. you know you could leverage you could leverage them based on you know uh fulfilling certain criteria things like if not this then that right mm-hmm. um versus versus uh, a bitcoin which is like a straight line you know you're able to with smart tracks set up uh decisions that need or or fulfillments that need to be met before transactions will go through or be uh, you know or or be completed. 
Um, and that's and that's really the advantage of, of something like a smart contract um, and using a platform blockchain that allows for that advanced functionality. Now, where does load fit in this this mm-hmm. system that right. we're talking about? Uh, what we do is we 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 take gold and silver and um, and we vault it, audit it, and insure it, and then every single one of the assets that we put in uh, uh, the tokens that we put into circulation are backed by a, a gram and milligram denomination of silver and gold. Uh, and, um, this is so that people can have the comfort that the assets that they're purchasing are in fact, real assets. They're real valuable assets that they can actually redeem if they so choose, if they accumulate enough to, to get a physical bars worth. Um, and this is what we like to call a stable coin. This has been an emerging trend in the industry over the past few years. The idea of taking commodities and stabilized assets, you've seen, uh, governments have perhaps, uh, say, Hey, we want to do a stable coin for either the U S dollar, the Canadian dollar, Chinese one. Um, what have you, um, you know, this is, this is another emerging trend in the blockchain space is using these blockchains to, to represent a commodity or a real world asset. And that's what we've done with gold and silver and now are, are bringing that to the world in a big way. Nice. And I think that makes a lot of sense. It's that you're actually buying something that you can follow up with. If there's some type of hard foundational, um, tangible value to it, but if you're not buying these stable coins, are you basically purchasing an idea? Well, I, I I think yeah, you know, bottom line, you're purchasing a piece of technology, but how valuable that technology is 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 limited by people's faith in it. Right now, we're in the middle of a big hype cycle. Bitcoin's going to the moon, but as soon as people get bored with it, or their interest drops in it, or there's no practical application of it, or PayPal changes its mind, it's prone to just immediately drop to the floor. Versus something like uh, gold and silver, which again are two of the biggest commodities in the world. They have inherent value they're used in almost all modern electronics everything you and i are talking about either has gold or in it or talking on has gold or silver in it right and so compared to that um you know there is a certain level of stability that you're not going to see from these these projects that are raw technology like like bitcoin and like many of the other uh alternative currencies out there um and and um you know there are different uh, value props for each of them, but I really feel that the list of, of true contenders in, in terms of, um, you know, what makes sense for trading commerce is is a very, very small number and that you're probably better off as a merchant or as a business conducting your trading commerce on uh, a stable coin that is backed by a, a real physical asset such as gold. Right, and, and we, did, we, did, we did kind of experience the, the, the rise and fall slightly a little bit with the, the Bitcoin space, you know, over the last three years and up until last year, then it kind of picked up um, a little bit of a spike in itself. Granted, yes, of course, the entire market space was in a quote unquote volatility state because of the pandemic. And so it it leveled out the playing field of risk um, where people invested in the stock market. Like myself, I am an investor with the stock market, traditional uh, stock market. And it's something that I know, I love, I enjoy working in that space. But, you know, over 2020, Something that a lot of people kind of noticed over 2020 was, yes, there is this risk into going into the stock market. But then because that risk of going into the stock market leveled out sort of with the idea of cryptocurrency, it it shined a different light now on cryptocurrency and made it a little bit more, quote unquote, fun again for people to say, hey, you know what, let me let me take a look at this. Um, But the, the light really hasn't hasn't shined a little bit, hasn't shone a little bit more towards this this idea of having crypto being backed now by, you know, because yes, banking and, you know, the bigger corporation and financial institutions are starting to get in the game. 
But to really have this idea of, you know, silver, gold, having that backing towards mm-hmm. cryptocurrency, now that is a different play. I mean, how does that change the... How does that change the dynamics of cryptocurrency overall right now, kind of looking at that? Great question. So presently, most people will 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 hedge their their worth versus um, versus their their fiat currency, their fiat dollar versus mm-hmm. something like uh, gold and silver, which which have inherent value. And to talk about something that you were uh, mentioning a little bit earlier on is market. All markets are cyclical, right? Nothing mm-hmm. goes up forever. What goes up must come down. Uh, it, it's we're in a bull market right now. So, of course, everybody is a genius, right? You right. could you could you could throw a dart at the board and and make a good call, um, but there will be a correction. And what happens when that correction happens? Well, everybody flocks out to to what they consider stabilized assets. But your dollar has lost ninety six percent of its purchasing power over the past hundred years. That's a lot of loss, right? Yeah, it's like uh, the boiling frog metaphor where we don't really notice it because it's happening so incrementally. But eventually, mm-hmm. you end up in a situation like Venezuela where uh, where your dollar is essentially useless or worthless, right? So mm-hmm. versus, so if you trade against uh, gold and silver and you determine your wealth in gold and silver or in grams and ounces of gold and silver, um, you can have the confidence that these assets are are secure and they're not going to depreciate because they're not backed by a nation's debt or how much of that currency is in circulation, giving uh, giving what I think traditional investors would find is a lot more comfort. And you know, uh, y- y- coming from the traditional investment background, you know, I would hope that this would be a great foray for people to perhaps make their first endeavors into uh, right. the cryptocurrency and blockchain space right. because gold and silver isn't isn't new. Right? It's not like new, exactly, exactly. Yeah, right. And so you can you can treat this stuff as a currency. That's part a big part of why we built this project, and is so that people can use it as money. But if you want to just use it as part of your portfolio, as most prudent financial planners will tell you to have gold and silver as part of your portfolio, mm-hmm. you know this is a great four way where you can get in for a fraction of the retail cost because that's its own ball of wax in of itself. Is you know gold and silver, um, you know the the price margins to go and pick up an ounce of silver in your store in a local retailer is a bullion dealer is around as high as 50% in a lot of circumstances and right. versus the spot, you know, and then the, the, when you go to sell that, when you go to redeem the value, they're going to charge you a percentage, a couple percentage points under spot. So you're hemorrhaging value on both sides of the spectrum. But with something like this, uh, we're able to well, cut down on those margins considerably. And so people get access to these stabilized assets in a much faster, much easier, affordable way that doesn't require them to have a big pirate treasure chest, you know. Mm-hmm. In their in their bedroom, right? It's not right. your it's not your granddad's uh your granddad's gold and silver anymore. We're, yeah, we're not pirates them. anymore. <laughs> we're not we're not pirates anymore. Uh, you know, uh, and and I think that's a, a really important piece as well because you have these legacy systems that are all starting to move over. You have uh you know governments and uh, big financial institutions. If you look, they have huge blockchain departments. Uh, you know, uh, huge blockchain technology uh, department. So you can see that they're investing in the space and that they're navigating towards the space. And I think it's time, you know, I think it's prudent right now to people wake up and start looking at those alternatives for themselves because I do think these assets are going to be the future. And I know that was a bit of a tangent there, but I'll... Well, I'll no, no, but that, that's, it makes sense. It, make, it, makes, it, it makes a lot more sense kind of looking at it that way. And and just, just based on how you, you kind of float on this, I actually... Let's let's take it further back. I know Andy has got some great questions sort of lined up for you right now, but to kind of take it a little bit further back, like how did you get to this particular position where you are, you know, the VP of product development in this in, uh, in this scenario, but more so 
your entrepreneurship journey? How, how did, were you always fascinated by finance and money and how money worked? Or was this something that the idea stumbled, you stumbled into the idea and just grew stronger through it? How did this yeah. process grow for you? Absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll tell it to you straight. I was bitten by a radioactive spider and now I spend my days web slinging <laughs> through the streets of New York. But, um, but, but no, the, the short answer is while I've been in the tech space for, for close to 10 years, I worked in cybersecurity, uh, working in moderation to prevent, you know, predators from getting access to kids. Uh, you know, I, I, that in of itself is its own conversation and ball of wax. But uh, comparatively, I, you know, in my early 20s, I, I had little to no idea of finance. It's not something that I, I individually went to. Uh, to school for, right? I studied more business uh, and, uh, and more of the liberal arts and sciences. And so, um, but I have a, an apt uh, desire to learn and, I, uh, and I'm a very big consumer of content media. And when I noticed in the industry that uh, these institutions were beginning to look, and this is like circa 20, late 2016, early 2017, mm -hmm. it became apparent that there was this emerging new asset class and this emerging new technology that was disrupting this industry at large. And it was like, oh my God, there is a huge, huge opportunity here to be on the forefront of something that is essentially a clean slate. Because at the time there was no regulation uh, and, and right. no, and like really nothing about it. And uh, I actually accredit cryptocurrency and the development of the blockchain industry to my my financial literacy today uh, because uh, because it inspired me to begin investigating and studying money and to understand what it, it like really like what is going on in and how our money operates and how, why this is relevant and important to people and like who cares about a bitcoin why do we need uh, uh, to remove third parties from uh, transactions like why is this even important so it was a real rabbit hole that i i dove down in um you know early 2017 i uh i came on board with the load project and uh sorry late 2017 i apologize get the get the dates right nick got um <laughs> late 2017 came on board with the load project and um and it's it was really like off to the races since then and it's been uh, an awesome awesome experience uh really uh, diving into consumer psychology and what drives people to make the financial decisions that they that they make and, and to teach them uh, about uh, why these alternative assets are actually really, really important for them preserving um, preserving their wealth for, for generations to come. Because I don't think for most people that's at the forefront of their uh, mind. If they're individuals like you, uh, mm -hmm. like you two or myself, where, you know, this is something that we're immersed in and, and we live in it in the day to day, uh, you know, of course we understand the value, but you go talk to, um, you go talk to a fresh college graduate. Most of them probably don't, don't know, or don't care unless they were right. studying economics or finance. Right. And that just goes to show that it, people don't understand the, the tools that they're using and that there's a real need for, for that education to take place. And that I, I, part of what I hope to do in this project and with the products we provide is to provide a, an easy and convenient experience for people to learn and to get onboarded and to begin that process of learning just like I had. Gotcha. Yeah. General, the whole goal of this project is, is what? Uh, to make gold and silver liquid again, largely, that's where the project was inspired. But I would say overall, it's to uh, provide people with a convenient and easy means to get access to um, to stabilize and um, better forms of money and, and assets, right? And just to follow up with that, sir, are you, are you trying to um, put your project into different other, uh, to other coins so they are backed 
buy gold and silver, or are you trying to have this just strictly for your own, uh, for your own project with with load? Absolutely. Great, great, great question. So, uh, load is really multifaceted. We're an entire ecosystem, not a single product, right? So we have multiple mm -hmm. products. Uh, two of the products that we produce are digital gold and digital silver. Right. Uh, and and you can go to an exchange. We're going to about to list on our first exchange and uh, we'll be a world's first for for silver being listed on a public exchange for blockchain cryptocurrencies. Um, you know, and uh, you can pick up the assets there or you can use another one of our projects, our products, which is our mobile wallet experience, which really takes the UI UX component of things. And you can go to your favorite app store, download that today and begin the process of holding and purchasing digital gold and silver, uh, you know, uh, Within, within five minutes time or less, right? And so that's the secondary product that we provide is easy means for people to access, access those things. And then in, in addition to that, we're also giving people the ability to access Bitcoin, Ethereum and all their favorite cryptocurrencies as well. So they can dip their toes with gold and silver and they can also purchase, you know, uh, you know the Bitcoin if, if, since Bitcoin is part of the hype cycle right now, right? Mm -hmm. um, the, the last side of this, and this is why I say it's an entire ecosystem is the payments platform. And this is really there to provide merchant services, uh, businesses, both, you know, like, uh, you know, from the Amazons to the world, right down to average Joe who runs a bodega, um, you know, the ability to to have the ability to process payments, not just with traditional payment processing at a rate that is, uh, you know, much better and more affordable than what a lot of uh, businesses face, but also it's deeply integrated with this technology, with blockchain technology and allows them to accept crypto and um, alternative currencies as a form of payment as well. Um, as well as yeah, go ahead, now, Nick, Nick. If I could, if I could ask a, just to ask a question with regards to the accessibility of, of being able to have folks get access to silver and gold at a fraction of the cost, so to speak. Is it is it something that mimics like an ETF, um, where where an ETF gives you sort of it's an exchange traded fund that gives you a pool of. Uh, and, and I'm looking at this from the traditional investing side. So my apologies about bringing traditional. It, it helps me make some sense sometimes with some of these things. Um, where, where ETF gives you, uh, or a mutual fund, um, yeah, yeah, more ETF. It gives you a pool of um, several different companies, in, in, but at a fraction. You're, you're not purchasing the full value of that um, item. You're purchasing just a fraction of the item, and you can keep stacking onto it, um, adding more in that sense. Uh, to be able to build something much bigger, is it? Would you? Is it something to relate in that regards, or not? Not quite as much. Not quite as much, but you're. But there is an interesting component there that you brought up that I can touch mm -hmm. upon. So um, we we have our digital gold, digital silver, and I've talked about that. And you can purchase that through our mobile wallet experience, and very shortly on a publicly traded exchange, which is very exciting. Um, but we have a third asset, and this is creates the liquidity pool from which we tokenize, we mint our our gold and silver into circulation. We have an equity asset called the load token. Uh, and the capital that we raise from this, uh, we then in turn use to purchase the gold and silver at bulk rates. Uh, so at a fraction of the cost that your average consumer can afford to get them at, right? And then with these commercial rates, we, we, we pass those cost savings on to the consumer. Right. right. We then we then digitize it, tokenize it, and then people are able to get access to this gold and the silver at a much better rate than a traditional bullion dealer. Right. Um, and and similarly get a better redemption rate that they would at most bullion dealers. That's interesting. It's very yeah. interesting. You gotta, gotta look at that in that you know, from that from that perspective. Uh, yeah. 
in, 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 Andy, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I know you had a... Go for it. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just, I, I get fascinated about, about this, this money world and money space. And because this is something that it affects not just, you know, entrepreneurs, but it affects individuals. Now, as far as, you know, looking at things from the investor perspective, how, mm-hmm. how can, how can investors make more of that, that, um, I won't call it a smart decision per se, but more of a, a conscious decision to go away from the fear-based um, speculative side of um, digital c- money or cryptocurrency and going into, okay, I feel a little bit more comfortable to, yeah, I want to go into it. What, what's, what needs to happen to, put, to make that shift happen? Uh, well, if you're talking about consumer psychology uh, or, or investor psychology, I think um, there, there's a couple facets to it. If you are an individual looking to invest in, in cryptocurrencies, but you're unsure of where to start, it's really important that you take, just like you would with any traditional investment, a hard look at what the practical application of this, of the having this asset on a blockchain is and of the project at large and where is it utilizing a blockchain within its project. So for example, there early uh, in the 2017 boom, there was a lot of quote unquote shit coins um, that, mm-hmm. that came out yeah. because there was no real use case for them, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're intending to treat them as a stock or a speculative asset, fine, whatever. But by and large, if there's no practical application for your blockchain project, then then the it's kind of moot, right? Uh, so again, if, if this is like, hey, we're using blockchains to uh, fractionalize real estate or uh, you know, provide greater transparency and immutability on medical records. And we're using blockchain as a vehicle to make this happen to me. And it's like, and we have uh, an asset which you can purchase, you know, to me that that screams smacks of a good project for me to invest in, uh, you know, from a cryptocurrency standpoint, or from a blockchain, I shouldn't always say cryptocurrency, because not all the assets are currencies, right? Um, um, versus, you know, if there's absolutely no use case, or there's no uh, real tangible backing behind the project, um, it becomes less clear. Uh, the exception to this is um, um, is platform tokens. So things like Ethereum, you know, Ethereum is based around the idea of providing an operating system. And I really look at these kind of projects like mm-hmm. Apple uh, prior to the um, prior to the iPhone release. Right? We all ho- wish we'd hopped on that bandwagon. Right. Um, right. Right. Um, and, and that's because I think um, while industries, big industries are starting to adopt into the market, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, the vast majority of them are there yet. You know, you've got um, you've got the real, um, you know, um, uh, what do you call them? Internet heartthrobs like Elon Musk and, and Tesla jumping into the space. But, um, you know, and PayPal as well. But he also had a hand in that. Right. Um, you're seeing more of these institutions start to come forward. But um, to really shift people's psychology away from the narrative of, you know, this is, um, this is uh, a bunch of disruptors in the space just trying to cause anarchy into this is a very legitimate practice or a very legitimate, um, you know, technology. Uh, having more of those institutional bodies and players move along um, and not just, not just investment funds. I'm not just talking about investment funds here. I'm talking right. about real institutions applying this to their business. That's going to help soothe the market psychology. Uh, and and lift the entire industry up as a whole. And uh, to be honest, that's something that I think the industry is still, it has a bit of an image problem and it's still fighting against that today because right. there is, and ag- again, for any cryptocurrency owners and holders watching there, I'm not <laughs> trying to harp on you for having a good time about wealth generation. But when I am looking to do business with people, 
I take a look at, you know, uh, the company profile, for example, of who's running this ship. And right, quite similarly, if, you know, a lot of people are looking at, oh, okay, I'm interested in Bitcoin, let's go on a Bitcoin forum. And then all they see is when Lambo, when moon, you know, you know, mm-hmm. Lambo's on the moon. It, it's like, wow, this isn't very mature at all. Right. right. And, and so that, that image and that behavior holds us back from being accepted, you know, uh, at least, and that's my personal interpretation, but that doesn't mean, of course, you can't have, I think there's a time and place for it, but I think that in the initial boom in 2017, that attitude was so prevalent that it sort of dwarfed, it dwarfed the actual practical value. And, yeah. Yeah. and people were just doing it for the gains. Right. And, and that, that's, that's what it didn't make sense in that, in that sense. Um, what, what does, what does this, this scenario of what Elon just, Elon Musk has done, uh, you know, yes, PayPal is, is a big player right now with being able to actually purchase, you know, uh, cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin uh, from directly from PayPal as well. How does that, how does that play into more of that positive outlook? I mean, if you have any, any, you know, thoughts in that, in that regards. Sorry, I, I, I actually just caught a user sending us in a question there. So if you could just repeat the question. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just noticed that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I want to get back to, to that user question. Uh, no, I was saying with regards to what Elon Musk had already done, you yeah. know, how does, how does that affect the positive outlook? Yeah, I mean, uh, again, I think it, it signifies uh, to an extent a certain maturity in the space that wasn't there in 2017. The fact that all these institutional players and hedge funds and so on are now taking a real hard look at Bitcoin uh, mm-hmm. and at cryptocurrencies. And uh, I think that that illustrates that there is a certain level of comfort because people you got to remember, like how many how many finance shows are there out there in the world? Right. Um, mm-hmm. People look to these these titans of industry, to these proverbial gods for you know, what they should be doing next. And they want to be like those people. So if Elon Musk is making the move, it's going to sway a huge swath of people that this is a legitimate thing to do. Right. Um, And similarly, if, you know, PayPal or JP Morgan Chase or uh, any of these big institutions, you know, the more these people start to do that, the more uh, it's going to signify to people and and create a positive, positive perception of things. And again, I think it's, uh, it's a slow ongoing process of, um, of educating people about the real application of the technology and uh, really applying it practically to businesses that will adjust the people's perception of that. Uh, I, I just want to, I can't help a question. We, we can, we can, let's take this, this question over here. Um, we, we've got a, we've got a question from the community with regards to, um, you know, understanding what's the best way for a small business owner to, to start implementing this as a form of uh, payment using, yeah. utilizing be it load or um, load coin or be it just overall the, the blockchain technology in that, in that sense, I guess. Absolutely. Well, it really depends on what kind of, um, what kind of solution or do you need a point of sale? Do you need, are you an e-commerce platform? There's going to be different solutions based on that. Um, you know, with, uh, with load, we're working on the payments processing side of things very shortly, you'll be able to get your hands on that. So, uh, that's obviously I'm biased. So I'm going to say, go over there. We also have, if you're an e-commerce business, we have our own, uh, mar- uh, like markets platform, marketplace platform for you to retail your goods and wares that accept digital gold and silver. And as well as most common, uh, as most common uh, cryptocurrencies, it's called loadmarkets.com. You can check that out. But, uh, you know, if you're looking for point of sale and stuff like that, there are lots of service providers out there that have simple plugins for e-commerce, for Shopify, mm-hmm. WooCommerce and all of that. And you can find them, uh, you know, quick Google search coin payments is, is a good one that comes to mind off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, and so time, the, the, the one you just mentioned, coin, coin payments, coin payments. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and and uh, they are, uh, you know, I feel like a little faux pas here because they are technically a competitor. Um, but, uh, you know, while uh, some of our sh- uh, some of our stuff is still in the shop coming out, you know, you can immediately start um, accepting AGX and AUX, our digital gold and silver, as well as all the most common cryptocurrencies with coin payments today. And it's just a simple e-commerce plugin. Right. They really remove a lot of the heavy lifting. Uh, from the process. So these are these are just a few really simple ways for you to go ahead and get started. But if you're a business owner and you're interested, the other thing I always recommend is uh, do your reading, do your learning, get educated about how these currencies work. Because um, um, and and I would recommend running with a stable coin uh, because again, whereas something like Bitcoin, uh, you know, what you sell for five bucks may be worth fifty bucks tomorrow. Uh, and then maybe $10 the next day, right? It becomes very difficult to price your wares and your goods accordingly because of this fluctuation versus something that, you know, backed by the US dollar or uh, a commodity is going to have a, a much slower uh, graduated path of appreciation. And so it makes for more sense for your business, for trading commerce and for, for money management side of things. Um, so those, yeah, back to you. <laughs> oh well, no! I'm glad you just brought. I'm glad you just brought that up. When it comes to uh, you were talking about the dollar and uh, comparing that to commodities, but I like that you mentioned ecosystem when it came to a load. And because let's say you know I'm trying to get into crypto, as much as I want that that backing, I still want a little bit of that upside. But with load, it seems like you can have your piece of both. Is that correct? And then when it yeah. comes to that, you can kind of have hey, I want something. That's a little more on the solid side, but hey, well, let me get some upside as well. Is that why you kind of created the ecosystem you did? So you're not kind of lose out on clients that may or may not um, want just pure security because of that upside is so great. Yeah, I, I definitely think there is an element of that too uh, involved in it. Like gold and silver have appreciated their gold and, and purchasing power uh, has mm-hmm. increased over time. Uh, however, um, comparatively, they are very stable and they've really maintained their course throughout history. And so I think there's a really strong use case um, for that, um, you know, with the equity asset that we provide, you know, we're a project that's very much about, uh, for the people by the people kind of mentality. And so, uh, you know, we think that, you know, the retail investor and the retail, uh, individual should have the ability to go in and participate in creating this liquidity pool of digital gold and digital silver and, and be compensated for that. Right. Which is why we have that equity asset there in place. Uh, and, uh, so that is so that really, if you want gold, you want silver, great. That's those will probably appreciate in time as well. And you can have the comfort of that, uh, for your business, for your trade and commerce and settle to USD as you need, right. Hold the asset in gold and silver, let it appreciate. And then just cash out to USD as you need to versus holding it in USD, waiting it for it to appreciate and then cashing into gold. Um, yeah. flipping that script around a little bit, um, uh kind of lost the train of thought there but you guys get where you guys get the the no no no, yeah yeah (laughs) and what kind of perceived challenges do you see against people who would rather have the speculative growth against these you know commodity based um you know blockchains that you're you're speaking of because hey some of the fun of these these dog coins is you know your your you know your 30 cents on a dollar maybe you know a million dollars tomorrow yeah, absolutely. So again, I think there's enough room in the ocean for uh, for all for all players considered, right? Uh, it's not about uh, and, and, even, and even with traditional gold and silver investors that we talk to, we, we we don't tell them that they have to put their entire net worth into digital gold and digital silver. It's just you know be prudent with your planning and have a sect of your portfolio dedicated to the higher risk investments. 
uh, so that you can gain that upside um, and take your wins in something that is stabilized, but will still appreciate, right? So these things actually play very nicely together. It's not about having to be one or the other. Um, it's about providing a, a an efficient and convenient means to uh, navigate between both at works, what works best for you as a business or as an individual. And I think that one of the trends you'll see in the future is that people's wealth will become even more uh, distributed and decentralized than it is today. You know, most people uh, hold stocks, bonds, and ETFs. Uh, and, and maybe if they're really advanced, they might do some FX trading, um, you know, but, but, uh, or some future trading, but largely that's for a, a certain class of people versus I think in the future, there will be, um, there will, people will generally have more diverse portfolios of what assets they hold and will simply use the the U, the either the US dollar or the, the digital gold, digital silver as a vehicle for cashing out, paying their taxes, you know, living uh, expenditures on the day to day. And I think that is a, uh, a bit of a leap. We still have some education to go before we get there for the average consumer. But I think, you know, 10, 15 years down the road, you know, you're talking about the, the Zillennials, uh, Gen Z's, you know, coming into their 30s and 40s. That's that's probably where most people and how most people will hold their cash, if I had to take a guess. What are these last? Oh, go go ahead, Andy. Go ahead, Andy. Because I, I think my question is a, is a funny question, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, mine's kind of funny too. What at the last couple of weeks with GameStop, with AMC, with all these shorting uh, short plays going on? What did that do for your business? Did it heighten the awareness yeah, uh, of it at all? Absolutely. So, I mean, immediately after that, I mean, the the first thing I saw when I saw that was like, yeah, stick it to the man. And then the second thing I saw there was like, <laughs> oh, no, puppet dumping has come to traditional finance. Um, you know, so I, I had like one of those great big smiles that kind of was like, oh, no. Um, but it, but it is, it, it, it's, a, it's a two-sided coin. I don't want to hate on that by any extent. But as a byproduct of that, um, you know, we, we saw a huge uptake in gold and silver as well because the metals markets, uh, silver specifically more than gold, has, uh, has a long history of being suppressed by huge financial institutions. And this is all well-documented. J.P. Morgan Chase has been taken to court over this several times. Um, you know, uh, and so there was this, this, uh, stick it to the man movement that suddenly popped up around gold and silver as well. And so naturally people are now looking for alternative means of, of participating in this. And what is the fastest way to, uh, affect the silver supply? Well, you get the digital gold and silver, because we're going to take mass amounts of gold and silver off the street and put it into circulation in a way that you guys can digest instantaneously. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And, and my, my question, my question initially was, was just more in regards to yourself, you know, what do you, what's your take on the traditional markets? I mean, I understand you're, you, you know, that you represent, you know, a, a part of the growing, you know, market space that used to be called a speculative market, but the traditional market investing in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, that space, are you opposed to that? Or is that, is that something that you, do you play in that game or is it just, you're like, you know what, I love my space versus the other one. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I think there's enough room in the ocean for for all types. Um, what I think might happen in the future is that uh, because again, um, stocks, stocks, bonds, ETFs, they all follow a, a set parameters of rules, but that's business logic, not necessarily technological logic, right? So I think in the future, ETFs will be released on blockchains, stocks will be released on blockchains, but they'll be classified. And, uh, you know, and when they're classified as an asset, that's what they'll be classified in. I think there is a, an overall trend of moving away from just, uh, you know, from the legacy technologies that are presently being used. Um, 
but as but do I think stocks and ETFs and bonds are are bad? Absolutely not. They play I think a vital role in the speculative environment, and I think uh, you know it would be prudent planning to have a section of your portfolio dedicated to those things. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to kind of. not very risky. <laughs> 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 but, uh, but you know, it's like uh, that. That attitude may not may not be you know Lambos on the moon, but it it served it served me very well. And uh, I think that type of psychology as well, the taking the time to understand things and uh, and being prudent about how you execute in the market. You know, you know, a great example of that is Warren Buffett. You know, he, who's followed that psychology as well. And ironically, he he's not a fan of cryptocurrencies at all. I know. You know. I know. And, He's not a fan of them at all, but um, but I think that you know I think it dates him a little bit to be honest. No disrespect, Warren, love you, um, but um, but uh, I wouldn't want anybody to invest in something they didn't understand, it. because I think that's a really important part of the investment journey, right? It helps you make smart decisions, and um, why you might want to try and ride a wave. It's really great when you're on the when you're on the you know the upside of the pump. But if you miss, like if you try to catch a falling nice or you miss your timing on the pump and you get in, you could, you could absolutely screw yourself with crash. Yeah. Right? And there, there with the last crypto crash, we had people who would go on forums and be like, I'm remortgaging my house, you know, to the mm-hmm. moon, can't wait for this to happen. And, uh, and then, you know, all of a sudden they're out of house and home and they're like, you know, crisis scenario. And right. so, you know, while the gains are really exciting and I think, you know, this is like, let me, let me do a little pumping myself here. This cryptocurrencies and, and blockchain at large, I think are going to be the biggest wealth generation events of our lifetime. And that absolutely everybody should get in there. I think if you're not, you're foolish. Um, but, um, I think it's also got to be paired with that, that very moderate, reasonable, you know, steady as she goes attitude. Yeah. Calculated risk. You gotta, you gotta temper the steal. Yeah, I like that song. My favorite songs, by the way. But kind of following up with you and what you do, what you do in Load is how do you go about helping people understand with product design and your marketing that you do? Yeah, I mean, it's a, for one, it's a, it's a lot of creative, creative uh, thinking and writing uh, when it comes to communication, trying to find comparables and metaphors in which people are easy for people to digest and understand. We produce a lot of media content where, I'm, uh, for better or worse, I'm the anchor of. Uh, but I, you know, I'm walking and I'm talking with people and experts in the industry. Uh, so very similar to how you guys are so to help give people uh, more education and more understanding about how these software works. Um, with the product design, uh, you know, we are really, really have a big emphasis on making things convenient and intuitive. Um, um, you know, making uh, because back in 2017, the UI UX was was awful. It had a learning curve, like running into a brick wall. And even if you go on some exchanges, it's like, I feel like I got to spend my, bend my spine in ways it's not supposed to, to get a handle on some of these assets. And so um, it's uh, when we're designing this stuff, we're looking at what has worked well in the, like in the, not just in the, uh, in the finance space, but in uh, social media and other apps in the world that people are using, what is really working well and giving that people are receptive to that gives people that convenience uh, that we're looking to give them. And, you know, what is not in trying to pare away those things. So uh, that's really the attitude that we approach within that. And there's many design cycles where things go that we go through, right? 
because um, you know you you go through your workflows. You think this sounds great. A designer comes in and uh, you know brings brings what you envision to life, and then you realize there's a whole bunch of gaps, and then you bring a larger focus group testing in. So the process of design of ideation to realization is is something that you know you can really based on unless you're you know got thousands of people at the top of your fingertips. That's really something where you can only get across like two or three big projects at any given time because it's important to do things right. Right. Uh, I mean, I mean, in tech, mind you, there's the build, measure, learn, and um, you shouldn't let um, perfect be the enemy of good, so to speak. Um, You know, so fail fast, fail hard. But at the same time, um, you you if you don't put the forethought in and really take your time with delivering a solid product by and large in the first round, you could risk generating a lot of churn for your audience. Right. Uh, First impressions are a big deal. That's why, you know, with standard customer acquisition, they you can expect to lose maybe 50% of the people that download your app or your service within the first week of them downloading it, right? So mm-hmm. what is the design and what is, what, is, what is going to reduce that churn and what causes people to churn is also something that we really aggressively look at. Nice. Now, yeah. now as, we're, as, we're, as we're sort of, um, you know, kind of wrapping, wrapping up uh, for the day, you know, it's, it's just really... Um, you know, not just myself, but even even the community. I'm, I'm seeing I'm seeing a message. You know, of them just appreciative of this information that you're sharing right now. What would be sort of like the, if you had a message that you wanted to sort of leave the leave the audience with? What would be that message um, that that you would say this would be it? Uh, I would say now is the time to start thinking about uh, switching. Uh, and the logic that you use with with your finances begin looking at alternative currencies and alternative uh, assets as a as a real and legitimate part of your 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 wealth portfolio. Um, I think that you know if you look at the industry, you look at uh, what people are doing and who's and where and who is investing in this technology, like really on a macro scale. Um, the the answer becomes quite clear. And again, this is going to be the biggest wealth generation event of our lifetime. Um, and you don't want to miss that, right? Like mm-hmm. I want everybody to be on this train. I want prosperity for everybody. And blockchain uh, is a fantastic way of democratizing your money and giving you greater autonomy and greater appreciation in many circumstances of your wealth. So, you know, uh, head over to load.one, have a conversation with us. Uh, you can join our Telegram channel. We're really, really friendly and you can, uh, and you can start that journey today. And, and again, like the wallet is available in all the app stores. It's free to download. You can ask me questions and really start to familiarize yourself, yourself and ask questions and, and, you know, hop in. It's a fun ride. And last but not least, any red flags people should look at? Anything that's like, hey, that's not the best thing to do. You know, maybe some people are too gun ho Maybe some people are too shy with it. What are those, like, maybe three to five keys that are like, hey, this is what you should look out for if they're ready to invest in blockchain? Or is everyone ready to invest? I would say, yeah, I, I would say, I mean, uh, before, before you start going into the wild cards and to the, all the really, really, you know, bleeding edge cryptocurrencies, start with the basics. You know, mm-hmm. get your crypto, uh, get your Bitcoin, get your Ethereum, get a little gold and silver under you. These are these at this point in time, they have been proven. And you, and at the very least, this is going to be your baseline. And yeah. then that's going to leave you more room to experiment with and and learn and get excited about new cool projects that are up and coming. Uh, so that's first and foremost. Um, I, I, I would, again, stay away from the pump and dump groups because you, you can't catch falling knife or you should try to catch falling knife. Uh, and time, trying to time the market is um 
trying to time the market is, you know, just it's, it's uh, a losing battle in itself. That's a losing battle in of itself, right? Um, I would say, um, you know, come up with a come up with a plan, come up with a plan, and uh, you know, understand how and when to take your wins, right? And mm-hmm. and what does a win look like? Um, nothing goes up forever, uh, and and that's that's kind of my fourth point. There is nothing goes up forever. Expect corrections and plan accordingly, right? Understand that, you know, it's all one big circle that everything moves in. And, you know, Bitcoin will probably go higher for the next little while. We're in a bull market. So everything is, uh, everything is going up right now. But, um, you know, as soon as that the the investor sentiment changes, um, you could quickly uh, realize that your portfolio, your portfolio is not distributed uh, very smartly, and you could end up uh, losing a huge chunk of the gains that you've had. So that prudent planning is really going to go a long way if you understand that the market psychology is is cyclical. So uh, this this is kind of just all best practices advice, and that's yeah. kind of my that's kind of my point in that. While this is a new technology, and while this is a new space, um, mm-hmm. a lot of this common sense and this logic that a lot of these pe- a lot of the people listening have probably already applied also applies to cryptocurrency, and hopefully that destigmatizes. Uh, some of the apprehensions that they might have is that mm-hmm. all of their learning and their skills are transferable to this new type of market, except yeah. maybe technical analysis. And my last question is someone who got into that space, especially from it's not like cybersecurity, you know, what moves did you make or what would you do differently to get in that world that you got in uh, now that you've been through it? Well, it's a little bit different for for people now because we're re- dealing with the reality of COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, which uh, prior to that, you go to networking events and people have the opportunity to meet you face to face. You feel that person's energy, and you have a you know have a couple of drinks, and you can understand whether or not this is going to be a good fit, right? You speed date potential uh, mm-hmm. potential projects uh, for people looking to get in this space. Um, if you've got skills and you're qualified, reach out to us. We're always looking for good people. Um, but in addition to that, I would say, um, begin with the end of the mind, right? Um, begin with the end of the mind, know what you want to do within the industry. Do you want to be a blockchain developer? That's not a bad idea. It's a very niche market. There's a very small body of people who are developers. Uh, do you want to be a product designer? And then, um, and then I would just say, go to, uh, go to most of the big exchanges out there and and begin hammering on doors. You know, it's a little old fashioned, but um, but I've yet to find a better method that that works for myself. At the very least, if you can't get face to face or go to networking and industry events where you can meet these people directly, uh, the best thing you can do for yourself is to um, is to just knock on those doors. And the thing is, these exchanges are growing so so fast that mm-hmm. uh, there is a real like ourselves included. We're growing so so fast. There's a real demand for for talented people to get into this space and bring their knowledge uh forward so hopefully that's hopefully that's valuable yeah no no def- definitely i mean you've, you've you've given you've given thank you by the way i mean there's there's so much to to really take out of this and and really i'm looking forward to really putting my own personal notes on on a lot of what i've just learned as well today because it's it's giving me personally a little bit better clarity um within the you know, the, the blockchain technology in itself, the future of what it's sort of where it's heading, understanding load and what you guys are doing as well has been a, a bigger clarity with, with just kind of evening out the playing field from the traditional investor perspective to, you know, now someone going into the cryptocurrency investment side of things as well. So it, it's great to see that middle spot and be able to stand right there and understand what's going on on both sides now. So I kind of like that understanding much better here. 
Um, Anderson, any any last thoughts from your from yourself? Uh, you know, in this in this case, uh, in yeah, this world. Oh, 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 go ahead. Sorry, I thought he was talking to me. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, <laughs> as a novice in this space, it is been a treat to hear it so simplified, and I appreciate that because I, I I was trying to you know not only ask for myself but ask for people who you know hey how do I give this how do I give a blockchain twenty bucks I want both of those perspectives to be understood and I think you made that pretty clear and I'm really excited because like there's this um you know the the foam the fear of missing out that's going on right now. But the, 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 there's also a fear when there's something new. And, you know, I think, you know, when it comes to the stock market, I mean, to me, the stock market is, you know, this idea of, of, of perceived value as well. But because it's by, you know, bigger corporations and has track record, uh, it, it, you know, you get away with it. Or with this, you know, we have blockchains now because they don't have, you know, the corporate background that the stock market, you know, has because of history. You know, there's always going to be that fear until like, you know, people like, you know, Elon Musk take those steps. But if you're ahead of the game, you know what happens. And I'm, that's why I'm so grateful for you, Nick, to make this thing, uh, you know, said so plainly and simply. So, again, I super appreciate it for what you've done uh, being on the show and the education you gave. Pat? No, no, Nick, Nick, how can they, how can they get in contact with you, man? Uh, this, this, <laughs> people need to follow you, learn more. Um, how, how can they get in contact with yourself? Absolutely. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Nicholas Proud, and I know it's not very, uh, you know, there's no, there's no crazy X's or anything to get confused on there. It's just my name. Uh, reach out to me. I'm very, very friendly. Additionally, you can always head over to load.one uh, if you want to join our Telegram channel or create a load account in a few minutes. And of course, you can always send me an email at uh, nickp at load.one. So N-I-C-K at load.one and again uh, to the best of my abilities I'll, I'll 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 try to answer your questions as much as as much as i can um some closing words uh for for you guys um uh, you know i i've taken a very moderate approach to this whole to this whole uh, call and for good reason but uh one arena one growing trend in the space that i would encourage people to look out because it is really exciting and has the potential for massive gains is the concept of uh decentralized finance DeFi. so uh individuals being able to put in their capital to create liquidity pools for other uh for other uh assets and in exchange in a lot of circumstances people are getting massive yields i'm talking like between nine to twenty five percent dividend yields on uh on their cryptocurrency assets which is pretty bonkers Mm -hmm. um, compared to what most dividends will come out at uh, in a traditional space. So that's my, uh, that's a, one of the big trends that I see growing in the market. So if you are one of those riskier people and you're looking for the riskier thing to go for, check, check out DeFi and do some research on DeFi. I'm, I'm, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in that space. That would be me. I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm young enough to take on a few more, a few risks. <laughs> Absolutely. So once again, guys, let me just say thank you again for, for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Hey, absolutely. Absolutely. Nick, it's been, it's been a pleasure having you on and, so from myself, Nick, Andy, um, we want to say thank you for everyone else uh, just kind of getting on board with us here in the community. Uh, the questions you guys had, we appreciate, you know, having you guys through. And for the listeners, um, feel free to follow the, the the community as well to be able to learn a little bit more and uh, definitely check out what Nick has been talking about. It, it's, it's I'm glad we're able to have this conversation. So uh, from myself, from us here, we say thank you. You guys have a great day today.